0: Hello and welcome. This is the Yoga Revolution podcast. My name is Jivana Heyman, and my pronouns are he and him. This podcast is an exploration of how we can live yoga right now, and how we can apply the yoga teachings in our lives. We'll discuss the intersection of yoga and social justice, as well as how to build a practice that supports our activism. All my guests are contributors to my new book, Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. Thanks so much for joining me. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Yoga Revolution podcast. I'm so excited about my special guest today, Octavia Rahim. Hi, Octavia. Hi. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. But let me introduce you first. So, Octavia F. Rahim is a mother, author, yoga teacher, and activist. She has received national attention for her work training yoga teachers in diversifying the yoga and wellness industry. She's the author of Gather and the new book that's just coming out, Pause, Rest, Be Stillness Practices for Courage in Times of Change. Wow. So excited. You know what? We, I have courage in my subtitle, too.
1: Oh. Do building a practice of courage and compassion.
0: Yes, we're on the same page.
1: We are. I, I
0: hope so. Thank yeah. you. How are you doing? I'm
1: present. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best answer i ever heard.
1: Passion, right? I'm here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm here. I love that answer. I'm going to start saying that present. Um, <laughs> Well, I tell you. <laughs> I was wondering, I've been starting these podcasts by having the guests read their contribution to yoga revolution. So I wonder if you could do that. On page, it's on page 139 that. of the book. All right. Thanks.
1: Yeah, I would love to do that. So my ancestors didn't come here voluntarily. Until until only a few decades ago, many didn't own their bodies or have access to basic freedoms. Despite that legacy of being physically bound and systemically shut out of so much, I know that my existence is evident of their belief and faith that freedom was slash is our birthright. For me, yoga is a practice toward liberation. It is a space to examine and shed the chains that are not mine to carry. It is an opportunity to untangle myself from the traps projections, narratives, and expectations that dominant culture purports about people like me, a Southern-born Black American woman. Through my yoga practice, I've learned how to access freedom in my body and breath, space in my mind and heart. I connect to the wisdom in my soul, wisdom forged across space and time by my ancestors. And I kind of close that, ses- that, that statement with... Um, some words by tony morrison the function of freedom is to free someone else
0: hmm. i love that thank you for sharing and thank you for allowing me to share that in the book It just it's so powerful and beautiful um you know and i think i i tried to connect to that to some of the thoughts you have shared in this section of the book um on engaged yoga, just talking about the relationship between yoga and social justice, and honestly, this book, my book, Yoga Revolution, started. I started writing during Black Lives Matter. I was inspired by that. You know, mm-hmm. basically the biggest civil rights movement in our, in history. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it felt like things were really changing in that moment. You know, and mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how it feels right now, but um, it was so inspiring. Well,
1: hmm? you know, even things don't change in a moment. Uh, you know, we're recording this in January 2022, the yeah. third day of January, right? Yeah. And, you know, everyone goes, New Year, New Year, or New whatever. I see, I can't even get it right because I don't say it anymore. But I read something where someone was like, come on, y'all. We know that change is like drops at a time, small steps at a time. That can be incredibly frustrating, too, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I could just feel that in the... um and what you were saying about the moment of it felt like a big expansive very mm-hmm. visible change change and now it feels like an ember mm-hmm. or <laughs> ash or this is smoke smoldering
0: yeah but it's still there though right yes well <laughs> i i mean i think i was excited because of my experience with AIDS activism, and I've been wanting to see more movements, more civil rights movements, you know, and it was just inspired me. And I've been thinking all along about the connections between yoga teachings and social justice. And then during those days, it felt so clear to me. I was like, Oh, here we are. Here's the connection. But I think some of the things you said, I wanted to ask you more about, um, not owning their own bodies like to me that was really powerful statement because i thought about i was thinking about the way we teach yoga and and how in the west the western contemporary yoga practice is often taught in a way where it's still about controlling other people's bodies you know like the teacher or the lineage is doing this thing to you as the student as the practitioner and i I don't know. I heard something in there. What do you think about that?
1: You know, so as you were talking, I um, so now I teach a lot of restorative yoga, yoga nidra, yin yoga, like kind of very still, quiet, low to the ground, far less performative in doing yoga. Before this, I teach them all, though, right? I can teach poses. I taught power yoga for years. And when you were speaking, I thought about how it felt really intuitive to me when I taught a lot of physical practice to leave space for people to feel their bodies, listen to their bodies, be with their bodies and claim their own bodies. Right. You know, in the language I use, like I would I could not it was intolerable to me in classes when teachers would go, I want you to because <laughs> I would go, it doesn't matter what you want me to do because you're not in this body, right? <laughs> like, yeah. you, know? Uh. you know, and <clears throat> And I think it can be really nuanced and subtle, like the way when we're teaching and guiding and holding that space for people to have an embodied experience, Mm -hmm. the ways that we can, if we're not paying attention, be stripping people of a sense of, you know, ownership of their own body and experience, you know? Um, And so I guess as a teacher, with this like blood running through my veins of those who've been free in body and those who have not been free like no one really taught me to not say certain things like when i did my yoga my first 200 hour you know yeah almost i don't know 15 17 years ago i just decided that i wasn't going to talk to people like i had more command over their body than they did mm. right Right. It's just not true. And it okay. just further perpetuates, um, it disconnects us from our own, like, wisdom and inner listening and <laughs> loving of, you know, the skin we're in. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just something to think about, right? Like, are we, even is the language we're using supporting people feeling. I'm free to Mm -hmm. be with their bodies as they are.
0: Yeah, you, you said, through my practice, I've learned how to access freedom in my body and breath, space in my mind and heart. I connect to the wisdom in my soul, wisdom forged across space and time by my ancestors.
1: You know what I'm talking about there, too? Yeah. Um, Because I practice, like the quiet yogas are those practices where I feel like I connect to my body and something more than my body, right? Um, my mind and what constructed that mind, if I can go all the way out there. And it's the interesting thing about how a lot of times we see and hear the word yoga or... So, Jeevan, I'm going to make a loud confection, confe- confession on your podcast. <laughs> I don't always say I'm a yoga teacher anymore because yeah. people will then, like, bust out a pose and go, well, can you teach me how to better do this?
0: Uh-huh.
1: You know? And I'm like... I know that's what you've been led to think that that's what yoga is and I think I probably participated in that perpetuation like I know I did mm. I should claim that right we all have to some degree when you know better you do better as my angelo says and yeah. you know like the that's just not that's not what it is right? and so that's just to say like as my personal practice and my teaching practice has really shifted from Being very asana-based, I feel like I've moved into a place, or pose-based, right? I've moved to a place where I'm like, ah, there's the taste of freedom. In the Mm -hmm. silence, oh, there's the taste of freedom. Mm -hmm. In the simply sitting, there's the taste of what I am beyond all these other things. Um, And so when I'm talking about being able to connect to wisdom across space and time, I am literally talking about that, which we can experience through meditation, yoga, nature, those kind of practices. Because <laughs> I've never experienced that in Austin. I love poses, right? They're gateways. They're incredible. I think it's so important to, you know, like touch and feel and be with this body. And I'm grateful I don't stop there, you know? Yes. A life-changing teaching experience I had, um, gosh, I don't know how many years ago this was, but I had a younger woman who went in for a surgery, a back surgery, and woke up and couldn't move her body. Mm. And that was, she couldn't move, I think, her head and neck. And so um, she was paralyzed from there down. And she would come to my classes. I'm in her wheelchair. Most of the, a few other students in class, with with her permission, we would, if she wanted to get out of the wheelchair, we would put her on the floor, and do. I was teaching restorative yoga and um, yoga nidra, and we would prop her up and really support her. And she loved coming to yoga nidra, and I'd be teaching specifically the 61 points, right? Where you like, you are just feel into this place in your body. And um, so we did this practice of nothing, right? Doing nothing, right? We're not moving. We're not lifting your arm. We're just bringing awareness to body parts. And after the first time, she just kind of stared at me. Then I was like, I don't know if she's ever (laughs) come back. I hope I didn't do anything. Wrong, because this is a tender place to be in with someone, right? Um, like, I was, like, her first yoga class post, you know, whatever therapy she was going to. But then the second time she came, we did the practice, and she goes, I can feel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can feel. And she was like, you don't understand. Like, I ha- don't don't feel below. My-. She was like, thank you for just the simple practice of bring awareness here, bring awareness here. And she was like, I felt like I was a floating head, you know, since Mm. what happened to her. Mm. And in that moment, and she and she was like, and then just reminded me to connect to my breath and, you know, that's still there and that moves through my whole body. And she was like, yeah, we're not. And so I wasn't teaching asana poses. That class wasn't a pose class. And this woman was like, my body is waking up. And she was like, there was no expectation. And I'm going to get up and walk. But it was just like, Mm -hmm. I can feel there is a sense of presence, prana and awareness in the rest of my being. And that was when I said, oh, (laughs) you know, if I would, you know, yoga and liberation I was like oh that is really powerful like she was my teacher in that moment
0: yes i kind of feel I like i just
1: it. started rambling but I just
0: no to i love it. it i've had similar <laughs> experiences my students most many of my students with disabilities taught me similar things Ooh. everything i've learned pretty much about yoga but that's <laughs> why what i think i disagree with you i think you are teaching yoga i think you're actually teaching yoga And that it's the people who think they're teaching yoga when they're just doing asana only without taking it deeper to connect with what's beyond the body and mind. Then I don't know if we're teaching yoga, actually. I
1: really, I do agree with you. And it's so wild in this moment. I'm like, what? Okay, this is, I don't know if I can make it make sense. (laughs) We know that we know what you've just said is true. So I guess I shouldn't just go, no, I'm not a yoga teacher. I actually have to be like, yes, I teach yoga and this is what I'm teaching. Or Mm -hmm. I share yoga and this is what I'm sharing. So thank you for that. (laughs) Versus just saying it's too
0: much to try to explain. (laughs) and To change the world. (laughs) Like, do you change yourself or change the world? Like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, I, I think what you're teaching is beyond yoga too honestly i I, I can get that i get that you're talking about your own family's wisdom also which may not have been called yoga right so like maybe that's part of that that's what i hear a little though
1: yeah it is it is it is it is Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. but i i think to me when we can get to the subtlety that you get to that's where the power lies like you I mean I'm so grateful to you and your emphasis on that on the quiet part of the practice on the part that is around I don't know how to say this I think what you do so so well traditionally in in yoga there's a lot of denial of the body and mind Mm -hmm. and like instead we should embrace spirit like instead Mm -hmm. like as if it's a binary and it is it's a dual it's a dualistic philosophy right like the yoga sutras present us with this kind of dualism like body Mm -hmm. mind on the one side and spirit on the other Mm -hmm. and what I feel like what I get in your teaching and in your new book which I wanted to talk about a little bit actually is more of a integrated approach which is something that I'm very interested in personally Mm -hmm. Um, how do we integrate our human experience and our spiritual life mm. you know, rather than just always picking one or the other mm. denying one or the other, you know? Mm. Should I give you an example?
1: Well, you know, I thought I just had, and I, I don't know what else is going to yeah. come of my mouth, but I was like mothering, you know, parenting, <laughs> mm. it feels like such a very concrete Sightness of that, right? Because you have these beings that you're like, wow, there's something very spiritual and transcendent, and this like, like connection and. And then they they need a snack. You still gotta cut the apple, right? You know, like there's like like so, or are with just like being, being in relation, intimate relationship with other people. You're like this deeply spiritual and like wow, yeah. like this effervescence to it. And which one of you alls gonna wash the laundry? Like you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like um, I don't I don't know. It it is. Um, although the the stew of being is body and mind and spirit. And um, do I believe at our essence and kind of core, like we are like the, the, I think there's like a, God, what do you call it? A cliche. Now we're spiritual mm. beings are having a physical experience. I, mm-hmm. I, get, I get that, and God, here's this spiritual, this physical experience that we're we're having, and I think that that informs all the other. Like it's all informing itself. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, like one of my spiritual lenses comes from Greater Timber Ridge Baptist Church that I grew up in, um, where I had experiences. And now I'm like, huh, kind of feels like, um, you know, when I'm chanting for a long time, and that that essence comes up. Like, but what we were singing is "This Little Light of Mine." I'm going to let it shine. That's what we were singing. We weren't singing to Durga, but and so like for me um I don't know where I was going with that
0: but yeah no here I want to read a quote of yours from your new book um you say this is a short one you are not lost you are here to reorient your way to the path that is truly yours to walk I feel like that's what you're talking about
1: yeah Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> I also wrote that because I'm thinking about the kind of collective moment we're living through mm, okay and it also feels, you can feel like, I am so lost. Where am I today? Okay, now where am I now? And I think there's profound kind of reorientation happening. We're being asked to like, look around and see what's actually here. See who's actually here. Um, and in, in that, seeing who's here, see who's
0: not here. Hmm.
1: See, and seeing where we are, see where we are not. Um, hmm.
0: Yeah. And I, and I want to just reflect back to what you said about having kids, and a lot of my book is about that too. Like a lot of my practice came out of being a parent. You know, I, I was lucky that I got to be the main caregiver for both of my kids. Mm. I don't know how many men get to do that from, you know, very early. My kids were adopted like at birth, basically, and then we had the struggle of trying to keep them alive. Mm. <laughs> you know, and like you said, it's like. That was spiritual awakening for me, having to wake up in the middle of the night without a thought to my own, to myself. Not, mm. I shouldn't say have to, to be able to wake up in the middle of the night and do something for my, in, my infant child mm. out of love. That was like, oh, wait, this is actually what it means to love. This is what it means to serve. Like, I didn't even know before, you know, what mm. that meant. And I was like, I that's know. what we're talking about.
1: And the thing I think about, I uh, had this um, this healer I used to go to and she's, you know, I was telling her how much I loved my son. I was like, it is actually breaking my heart. Like, I, my mm-hmm. heart is expanding. It's like, this is is unexpected. It's a lot. And she said, your divine loves you like that. And so it gave me this context. Oh, wow. never thought, like, I am that loved, right? And then some, mm-hmm. right? Because clearly it's more wow. than that. Um, but I also think just, you know, those kind of close relationships, whether it's with children or a partner, you think we can have them with other sentient beings, right? Mm. Um, it, it also exposes you to yourself. You go, you think you're one thing, and then you get to really see who you are. Yeah. With Dass, who was it, Ram Das, who was like, you think you're spiritual and evolved, and he go spend a week with your family. Yeah,
0: right? I know exactly Um, exactly i think about that a lot you know i i feel lucky because i when i right when i met my husband i was um thinking about becoming a monk actually
1: Mm -hmm. you you were
0: joking when you said no i'm serious i was ready to become a monk i was on the path i was all in like i'm diving into that yoga stuff and he like kept me out he kept me in the world and I actually think I, I it's a blessing mm. you know to have this family life and mm. the struggle of kids and you know my kids are older just wait until they're teenagers you know which is that <laughs> talk about breaking your heart I mean that's mm. the, that's what their job is to you know when they're teenagers you know their job is to break your heart so that you can let them be free mm. um, mm-hmm it's taught me a lot. So I am grateful for that. And also struggling still struggling. All right. I want to read something else from you. You mm-hmm. said, your heart may be broken. Walk mm-hmm. through the opening, rest in the inner sanctuary of your being. Place your most intimate, soft and loving prayers on the altar within your heart. This is one way to remember you are whole.
1: Hmm. Mm. Yeah. You know, so I write a lot. I rest and write. That's my process. People go, hey, yeah. how do you write these books? <laughs> I like, uh, And one lady I was just talking to, she was like, you know, they feel channeled. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. I was like, well, I just um, go listen. Like what wants to come through me? What needs to be spoken? What does not need mm-hmm. to be spoken? Um. And I also, just the moment we're all living through, in addition to just regular life, I'm like, oh, it's so heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. And where the break is, there's this opening, right? Like, that's what's happening when you were talking about, I presume you were kind of talking about what was going on in June 2020, um, post George Floyd's murder Mm -hmm. rest in love and peace and power um all this breaking also all this opening right what's going to come out what's going to come come in um that's what i was thinking about when i wrote that because sometimes we have a profoundly negative connotation to the broken yeah and I feel like through my yoga practice, um, yoga helps me have the courage to like face life as it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And in that way, start to really have more capacity to vision and then activate how it can be, if that makes any sense. And, mm-hmm. and, um, cause like yoga, like it's this unthawing mechanism for me because i can be really stoic and kind of just like numb out to push through and Mm -hmm. those practices like Yin just sit and be quiet you know if you if you have a meditation practice you sit enough something starts to you know it's not just your mind something starts to happen in your heart you know you start to I don't know another way to describe it other than unthawing. And in that unthawing you kind of starts to like, mm-hmm. open to like, oh, because we, our culturally, our relationship to just like feeling and expression of feeling is we clamp that down. And I don't really subscribe to a yoga that's just like clamp that down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's any yoga that really does that, but um, it's just. My yoga is how do I I face what is?
0: And anger, you talk about that, that deep, strong feelings, you talk about that.
1: Yeah, Uh, I was gonna say with courage and compassion and that's in your title. (laughs) How do I I face this with courage, right? And core, courage comes from the Latin, the core, the root, which is the heart.
0: Yeah, that's the French word for heart, core. Yeah,
1: core. How do I face this with my heart?
0: Yeah, that's what I've tried to get at, too. You know, you do it in this much simpler, more direct way. I mean, I hate to compare, but I don't know. like I'm blown away by some of the things you say. Here's another one. The truth is that only the most courageous are ever brought this far and in deep into the unknown. The ones who are willing to face the darkness within themselves and the world to understand the level of light needed to move forward. You are here because you are one of the courageous ones.
1: Mm-hmm. That was to you, Jibana. <laughs> and and your listener. Thank you. you know, and Dr. Gail Parker and Jacoby Ballard mm. and, you know, all of these people that, um, you know, public public facing in some way. And there's also like what we've traversed to face in the direction that we have. Um- yeah, you' you're you're able to write about the yoga revolution and revolution is not cute and sexy right You're yeah. like you're not writing about it, you're living it, you are activating it, you're calling people into it. Um, you're lifting people up into it, you're falling down into it. It's like, well I I, I assume that if you are here doing this, it's because you, have been called into doing it with your courageous mm-hmm. heart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes we're like, well, why why did I gotta get that lesson? Where well, are you gonna need it for later? <laughs> <laughs> or it's gonna gonna, you know, shore up your work. Or it gives mm-hmm. you a more compassionate lens. It grants you the grace to have a more compassionate lens to look mm-hmm. through as you look out into the world and see and serve people. Yeah.
0: Well, I appreciate that. I think it has to do with um, seeing something, you know, in myself and wanting to and, and also seeing the world. It's like, it's a process to me of reflection, inner reflection, and then also seeing mm-hmm. it out there mm-hmm. and feeling like, you know, a spiritual practice is the key to yeah. making change in the world. You know, like any kind of change that's going to happen in the world that's positive comes from people's Mm -hmm. inner work Mm -hmm. and so that's what I was that's what I'm trying to say in my book is that yoga is it's an inner revolution like the way we Mm -hmm. embrace ourselves the way we relate to ourselves and also then it changes the way you walk in the world if you do that work because you're not projecting everything onto other people and looking for other people to fix you all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where so much damage can occur. Mm -hmm. I guess I'm trying to find a way to help people. It's like, I read the other day somewhere like, so much damage is done when we try to fix the world.
1: Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: I feel like that's what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Here's another one of yours. You say right now, the only light coming through... Is that of an intense fire, the fire of your rage. You do not have to simmer down. Do not burn yourself either. Peer into the fire. What fuels it? And how can the light of it serve you in this dark place?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the fuel behind the fire? How can we like own that and then like use that for our own transmutation? No. Um, and I haven't read the whole book, but I was thinking about Lama Rod Owens' work. You know, he, yes. um, his book, Love and Rage, and the teaching to like not deny it, to not turn away from it, right? Because, you know, we turn away from it, we clap it down, it comes up and out and it spews onto other people right are we completely stuff it down? It goes over here and like does this thing to our left shoulder, our heart, our liver I'm just naming things right but meaning it it it's like turning on ourselves you yeah. <clears throat> know, and, and I just again, it's like I said earlier, it's like how can we be with these big expressions of humanity like rage or sorrow or grief or any of those things? with some level of skill Um, because without skill with those things, how can we be with and in love and joy and all those other things that we're like, we want more of that. Well, how can we be with that if we can't be with the the other side of it? Um, Mm -hmm. You know, when you were talking about um, inner work so that this you're offering the fruit if you will of that inner work out into the world that's what I heard you say I went back to the song I was kind of started talking about at the beginning Mm -hmm. of this podcast this little light of mine I'm gonna Mm -hmm. let it shine you know in in the singing of that and hearing of that and remembering it the way I internalized that song and that I grew up singing was that I already have to be in relationship with the light within me (laughs) you know and I have to like you know, uncover whatever is covering it or trying to smother it out. I have to do what it takes for that light to shine and then it shines from within to out, right? You know, and I feel like that's what we're talking about. It's like from the within to out. Because it's like we don't have the we, we don't have the light and to be clear we all have it, right? But we don't have that light to just sit in the corner and hold it and hoard it from the world, right? Right. Are to be stewards of tending to it within us, and then we have that splendid luminousness
0: mm. to offer back out. That's so beautiful. You just said that so well. Ah, I love it. Oh my God. <laughs> You're too much. You're too much. <laughs> How does that feel? How does it feel for you to have? these books in the world, or this one's about to come out. I'm just curious about,
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know, it feels, you said this at your launch, you were like, wow, you write these things and then it's out in the world. Like, um, (laughs) it's really like writing is an intimate act. These things are coming from within you. And then you go here. Uh, (laughs) I feel really tender. And hopeful and very excited to um, have the opportunity to connect to people in a way that I feel like words can, Um, you know, the beautiful thing about books, Stephen, and I know you know this because you travel the world teaching, your book can travel more, Mm -hmm. your book can go forward more, it can actually create more accessibility. Um, Because it is more accessible. And there's only one you and there's one me. And there could be in the world a million copies of this book, you know. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I hope that Paul's Recipe, the book I wrote, is a companion. Um, The way I thought about it was just like, I think there's a lot of loneliness in the world. Like, even when we're with people, we can just feel like I'm alone, (laughs) you know? I think we're all in our our own beings having these really big experiences and emotions and, like, where do we put them? Where do they go? And Hmm. it's actually hard to express some of the levels of, like, loss, devastation, and just, like, trauma and grief we're all going through. And I hope the book can be a companion.
0: Yeah. I can't believe you just said that because (laughs) I've started working on a new project, which I haven't told anyone about. And
1: now you're telling (laughs) it.
0: I'm just saying that word companion is right in there. That's like, Mm -hmm. that's what inspired me Mm -hmm. of exactly what you said, you know, that I'd like to support people on their journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, it was very clear that that was like the way into that new, the new project. So, Mm. Yeah,
1: Something.
0: yeah, I love that. I like
1: those words: courage, compassion. <laughs> I know. Right? Me too. I'm like that too. So,
0: <laughs> yes, change. You got change in there too. Courage in times of change. It's so awesome. Pause, rest, be. And anything else you want to share about it or about your teaching?
1: I just, I want to tell you, thank you. Okay. Yeah.
0: Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for being here with me and and for sharing and for writing these books, both this one and gather people. If you don't know gather is already available, right? It's already out there.
1: It is.
0: And pause recipe comes out. Um, what February
1: February 1st, 2022.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. okay well thank you for thank you for being you and for spending time with me and talking with us today uh and i'll put a link to the we'll put a link to the book uh in your website in the show notes and take care of yourself
1: thank you jivana
0: all right thanks octavia okay bye thanks so much for listening and joining the conversation Yoga is truly a revolutionary practice. Thanks for being here. If you haven't already, I would love for you to read my book, the Yoga Revolution, Building a Practice of Courage and Compassion. It's available wherever books are sold. Also, you can check out my website, jivanahayman.com. There's some pre classes on there and a meditation, and you can find out more about my upcoming trainings and other programs. Hope to see you next time. Thanks, bye.